The special counsel made clear that he did not exonerate the president, and the responsibility now falls to Congress to hold the president accountable for his actions. Oh, good. Congress should have no problem taking care of it. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. I got the feeling that something ain't right. No, it ain't. I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. I am. Yes, I'm stuck in the middle. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the broadcast as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA. Also in Red Bluff and Redding, California on KFOI, Round Mountains KKRN, and Eureka's KGOE. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's KSO, and Eugene's KEPW. In Lancaster, Pennsylvania on WLRI, Maui, Hawaii's KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN, Palinville, New York's WLPP, Grand Rapids, WPRR, in New Orleans on WHIV, Gallup, New Mexico's KNIZ, in Concord, New Hampshire on WNHN, Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ, in Seattle on KODX, Goldendale, Washington's KVGD, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, and in Minneapolis, St. Paul on AM950 KTNF. And yes, we stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day on the internets for your listening convenience on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Indie Media Weekly, FYI Nation, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, GDPR, Revolution 99, Workforce Rising, Deprogrammed Radio, and Detour Talk, Blanketing Planet Earth five days a week. I am Brad Friedman, your friendly investigative blogger, journalist, troublemaker, muckraker, all-around swell fellow says me from bradblog.com. Don't be afraid. Glad you're here. Thank you for joining us. Um, I'm hoping uh, by now that all of America has noticed that Donald Trump's incredibly dishonest and corrupt, newly appointed Attorney General, Consulary and Stooge, Bill Barr on Thursday at his press conference on the release of the redacted Mueller report made one false claim after another in his short remarks, a full hour before the public would actually be allowed to see any of the report in question. Among the, uh, if you will, Huckabee Sanders-esque lies that he told was this one. The White House fully cooperated with the special counsel's investigation, providing unfettered access to campaign and White House documents, directing senior aides to testify freely, and asserting no privilege claims. And at the same time, the president took no act that in fact deprived the special counsel of the documents and witnesses necessary to complete his investigation. That, of course, was completely false. One of the witnesses uh, who the White House deprived uh, Mueller of in his investigation was the president himself. Despite being asked over and over for the president to answer questions in person to the special counsel and despite claiming that he wanted to time and again, Donald Trump refused to testify in person, answering only written questions in which he claimed about 30 different times that he did not recall the answers to what he was being asked. He also ignored some questions completely, for example, regarding Moscow, the uh, Moscow Trump Tower project 
resulting in what the Mueller report characterized as inadequate and unsatisfactory responses. They wanted to then subpoena him to come in, but they thought, you know what, that's going to take too long. That's going to be a long court battle. And frankly, we have everything we know to move forward uh, with our uh, report as we currently have it planned. Congressman Jerry Nadler, the Democratic chair of the House Judiciary Committee, where any impeachment proceedings would or should begin, was far closer to the truth in his response to the facts and evidence that was laid out by the redacted Mueller report on Thursday as he announced plans to subpoena the Justice Department for access to the full unredacted report and its underlying evidence and materials. The Mueller report outlines disturbing evidence that President Trump engaged in obstruction of justice and other misconduct. The report makes clear that the president refused to be interviewed by the special counsel and refused to provide written answers to follow-up questions. The report concluded there was substantial evidence, in quotes, that President Trump attempted to prevent an investigation into his campaign and his own conduct. Finally, the special counsel made clear that he did not exonerate the president, and the responsibility now falls to Congress to hold the president accountable for his actions. House Judiciary Chair Jerry Nadler there on Thursday, and on Friday he made it official. He subpoenaed the Justice Department for the full, unredacted version of Special Counsel Robert Mueller's report, as well as that underlying evidence in a statement. Nadler said the Justice Department must comply by May 1. He said, I'm open to working with the department to reach a reasonable accommodation for access to these materials. However, I cannot accept any proposal which leaves most of Congress in the dark as they grapple with their duties of legislation, oversight and constitutional accountability. That subpoena comes a day after uh, Barr released that redacted version of the report to Congress and to the public, which details Trump's attempts to muddy and, in fact, try to kill the special counsel's probe, including by trying to fire Robert Mueller, trying to force then Attorney General Jeff Sessions to unrecuse himself which is not a thing. You cannot unrecuse yourself. <laughs> it's like it never happened. Right. <laughs> Hi, Des. Hi. <laughs> uh, Desi Doyen. Uh, tr- uh, trying to force Jeff Sessions to change the targets of the probe, uh, trying to tamper with witnesses in a, in a number of various ways, including uh, floating pardons for those who are willing to lie to investigators. Basically, textbook obstruction of justice is uh, laid, for, laid out for all of us to see in that report. And, of course, we didn't get to see all of the report. It contains nearly 1,000 redactions. A full 1,600 lines were blacked out, according to AP's analysis. Nadler's House Judiciary Committee voted back in April to authorize the the subpoena for the uh, DOJ to subpoena the full report. And today, Nadler exercised that lawful congressional subpoena power. He confirmed on Friday that Barr would, in fact, testify before his committee on May 2nd, the day after the full report would be due, according to the subpoena, assuming the nation's top law enforcement officer does not fight that subpoena or ignore it entirely himself. And uh, following the release of the 448-page uh, report, 
Nadler confirmed that it outlines, outlines, quote, disturbing evidence that President Trump engaged in obstruction of justice and other misconduct and that Congress now has the responsibility to hold the president accountable. Nadler also sent a letter to Mueller on Thursday requesting that he testify about the report before Congress as, quote, as soon as possible or in any event, no later than May 23rd, 2019, tweeting that lawmakers need to hear directly from special counsel Mueller and receive the full unredacted report with the underlying evidence. Nadler Uh, who back in March said he had a, quote, high bar for impeachment on Thursday, did not rule out that scenario. Asked if holding Trump accountable means impeachment. Nadler said, quote, that's one possibility. There are others. What those others are at this point uh, remain unclear to me, frankly, unless he means waiting for the American people to do Congress's job for them by removing Trump at the ballot box one year from this November. That seems a very long time, doesn't it? Yeah. In Trump years, that's forever. (laughs) Several uh, rank-and-file House Democrats, however, including several freshman members, began to voice their direct support for pursuing impeachment or at least raise the possibility of going in that direction. Congresswoman uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez on Thursday tweeted out, The concluding paragraph of Mueller's 448-page report, which reads, Because we determined not to make a traditional prosecutorial judgment, for reasons that have to do with the DOJ's ridiculous guidelines regarding indicting sitting presidents and so forth, we'll talk about that in a bit with my guest, we did not draw ultimate conclusions about the president's conduct. At the same time, if we had confidence after a thorough investigation of the facts, that the president clearly did not commit obstruction of justice, we would so state, based on the facts and the applicable legal standards, we are unable to reach that judgment. Accordingly, this report does not exonerate him. So Ocasio-Cortez tweeted that out, along with her own comments, saying Mueller's report is clear in pointing to Congress's responsibility in investigating obstruction of justice by the president. It is our job, as outlined in Article 1, Section 2, Clause 5 of the U.S. Constitution. As such, she said, I'll be signing on to Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib's impeachment resolution. AOC added, while I understand the political reality of the Senate plus election considerations, upon uh, reading this DOJ report, which explicitly names Congress in determining obstruction, I cannot see a reason for us to abdicate our, our constitutionally mandated responsibility to investigate. Sounds a lot like she's been listening to the broadcast. Many know, she continued, I take no pleasure in discussions of impeachment. I didn't campaign on it, rarely discuss it, uh, discuss it unprompted. We all prefer working on our priorities, pushing for Medicare for all, tackling student loans, a Green New Deal. But the report squarely puts this on our doorstep, she said. Another freshman rep, Ayanna Presley of Massachusetts, tweeted Thursday night, quote, in times of great consequences, let's be clear, hashtag time to impeach, hashtag Mueller report. 
Freshman rep Madeline Dean of Pennsylvania tweeted, Now we need the unredacted report. We need the evidence. The American people deserve the truth. And Congress will come to its determination about obstruction of justice and the possibility of impeachment. Rep. Don Beyer of Virginia, a third-term congressman, was asked by reporters if the instances of obstruction laid out in the report could lead to a case of impeachment in the House. He said, yeah, I think they absolutely could. And he's uh, not one of those freshman ladies who you get to ignore, is he? (laughs) No, he's not. Terrible, terrible Democratic House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer offered a uh, fairly pathetic and off-key response when he was asked about impeachment shortly after the redacted report was released on Thursday, telling uh, CNN uh, before he could possibly have had time to review the actual report, by the way. Quote, based on what we've seen to date, going forward on impeachment is not worthwhile at this point. Very frankly, there is an election in 18 months and the American people will make a judgment. That was Democratic House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer, the uh, second in uh, Democratic leadership just below Nancy Pelosi. However, in the fierce, uh, the face of, of fierce and deserved, well-deserved blowback following his off-key remarks, Hoyer later walked that comment back, at least somewhat, tweeting, uh, quote, Congress must have the full report and all underlying evidence in order to determine what actions may be necessary to ensure that Congress and the American people have all the info they need to know the truth, and all options ought to remain on the table to achieve that objective. Well, since Mueller practically put it in there, a referral for impeachment, well, they ought to do it. You'd have to bother to read it, which obviously Steny Hoyer didn't. By the way, Steny Hoyer's phone number and everyone else's in Congress is 202-224-3121. If you have any thoughts on all of this as we move forward, you can uh, talk to your Congressperson's Office, 202-224-3121. They'd love to hear from you. Uh, They always do. Uh, So uh, Congress is currently, of course, on recess for the Passover and Easter holidays through next week. But House Speaker Nancy Pelosi wrote in a letter to members of her caucus on Thursday night that she has scheduled a conference call for Monday, quote, to discuss this grave matter which is as soon as our analysis and this holy season's religious traditions allow. For his part in this holy season, the president, uh, revered by many supposedly devoutly religious folks on the right, took to Twitter with profanity to offer his latest response to the Mueller report after previously singing its uh, its praises for the last several weeks. On Friday, he sought to discredit the special counsel's report in which others described behavior that could be seen as obstruction of justice, according to Washington Post, calling their assertions total bull. But he used a longer version of that word. Just 24 hours ago, they know Trump and his allies took a victory lap after the uh, redacted report was made public saying that the findings fully exonerated him. But in morning tweets on Friday, Trump complained about the findings, arguing that because he chose not to testify during the probe, he never got to tell his side of the story. 
Of course, Mueller tried to get the president to sit for an interview for more than a year, but Trump uh, and his attorneys resisted. Just yesterday, Trump had tweeted a ripoff graphic from Game of Thrones with false uh, the false claim, quote, no collusion, no obstruction for the haters and the radical left Democrats. Game over. In fact, that tweet is still pinned to the top of his feed, but just below it, he unleashed a furious crybaby tirade on Friday saying that statements are made about me by certain people in the crazy Mueller report in itself written by 18 angry Democratic Trump haters, which are fabricated and totally untrue. Watch out for the people. Watch out for people that take so-called notes When the notes never existed until needed. Because I never agreed to testify, it was not necessary for me to respond to statements made in the report about me. And the word report is in quotes, some of which are total bull blank and only give uh, and only given to make the other person look good or me to look bad. Uh, That was, you know, after he was talking about how wonderful this uh, Mueller report was. All of a sudden, not so much. He continued, this was an illegally started hoax that should uh, that never should have happened, comma, a dot, dot, dot. And then he never finished the thought. That was the last tweet. Got distracted. Presidenting is hard. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) he was uh, tweeting from Mar-a-Lago where he's spending the Easter weekend. He did not specify which portions of the report that he was disputing, but he was likely pushing back against the descriptions of acts that Mueller had cataloged as instances of obstruction of justice. Mueller laid out uh, some 10 different scenarios in which Trump sought to intervene in the investigation uh, that could be deemed criminal or impeachment worthy. Uh, in his uh, in his tweet, Trump mentions note uh, note taking uh, by uh, probably a reference to Don McGahn, who is Trump's own White House counsel. In several instances, according to Mueller, uh, he blocked Trump's efforts to interfere in the investigation, including ignoring Trump's repeated orders to tell Jeff Sessions to fire Robert Mueller, which was an obvious attempt at obstructing justice. To uh, to his credit, McGahn did not do that. He simply ignored Trump. He told prosecutors he didn't want any part of a Nixon-esque Saturday night massacre situation. In one account detailed by Mueller, McGahn refuses to release a statement repudiating, repudiating a New York Times story reporting that Trump had indeed asked McGahn to have Mueller fired. And the reason, according to McGahn, was because it was true. It actually happened. The Mueller report details what exactly happened and uh, McGahn saying, no, I'm not going to go out there and and say it didn't when it did. And as they talked, the president asked, well, what about these notes? Why do you take notes? Lawyers don't take notes. I never had a lawyer who took notes. McGahn responded that he keeps notes because he is a, quote, real lawyer and explained that notes create a record and are not a bad thing. (laughs) The president said, quote, I've had a lot of great lawyers like Roy Cohn. He did not take notes. Michael Cohn was also one of his lawyers. Uh, He took notes. He took audio notes, Mr. President. Anyway, uh, Cohn was not a great lawyer. He was a crook and a cover up artist like Trump's current TV lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, 
who appeared on uh, Donnie Trump's favorite TV show, Fox and Friends, today and said the uh, reference to note-taking could also be about former FBI Director James Comey. Giuliani also said that uh, given the level of detail in the report, it's not possible that some of it isn't wrong. They don't give you the other side of it, he said. Well, actually, they do. They offered Trump's entire written response to Mueller's questions and had Trump bothered to sit down for the interview that he said he wanted to over and over, that he was happy to do. I'm sure the report would have included that information as well. So, uh, as he tweeted, game over? Nah, not by a long shot. In Congress, it seems the game may soon be afoot, or at least it should be. Joining us next on that very point and undoubtedly much more is the great Heather Digby Parton here on the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Hey, sit back down where you think you're going. We're just getting started here. The Bradcast and the Green News Report are 100% independent, 100% listener supported. But we can't do it alone. We need you. Please help us bring real facts to listeners at independent stations around the nation. Please drop by bradblog.com/donate. That's bradblog.com/donate. And thanks. He said, so I open it up and take a look Cause under the covers one discovers that The king may be a crook Chapter titles are like signs And if you read between the lines You'll find your first impression was mistook For a cover is nice but a cover is not the book <laughs> No it is not, thank you Mary Poppins Welcome back to the Bradcast Brad Friedman from bradblog.com Yeah, maybe Donald Trump and his lackey stooge Attorney General William Barr would be in better shape today if they had bothered to actually open up and read the Mueller report before declaring that it somehow exonerated the president of wrongdoing when, in fact, it does precisely the opposite if you bother to read it. Still, without charges brought by Mueller against Trump after the uh, special counsel wrongly or rightly determined that DOJ guidelines uh, 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 bar a sitting president from being indicted and that that those guidelines had to be respected. It is now up to Congress to decide what to do with special counsel Robert Mueller's findings about President Donald Trump, according to Lisa Mascaro at AP Today. While the special counsel declined to prosecute Trump on obstruction of justice, he did not exonerate him, all but leaving the question to Congress. Mueller's report provides fresh evidence of Trump's interference in the Russia probe, she writes, clearly challenging lawmakers to respond. The risks for both parties, she says, are clear if they duck the responsibility or prolong an inquiry that, rather than coming to a close, may be just beginning. The responsibility now falls to Congress, said Congressman Gerald Nadler, the chair of the House Judiciary Committee, which has the power to launch impeachment proceedings. How far lawmakers will go, however, remains unclear. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, traveling on Thursday, said in a joint statement with Senate Democratic Leader Chuck Schumer, only that Mueller's report revealed more than was known about the obstruction question. Well, maybe she should have waited 
to read the book before sort of taking impeachment off the table a few weeks ago. Uh, They said in that statement, as we continue to review the report, one thing is clear. Attorney General Barr presented a conclusion that the president did not obstruct justice, while Mueller's report appears to undercut that finding. Later, in a letter to House Democrats, Pelosi, who has been less than warm to the idea of impeachment, at least until now, wrote that the Mueller report states, quote, We concluded Congress has authority to prohibit a president's corrupt use of his authority in order to protect the integrity of the administration of justice, which accords with our constitutional system of checks and balances and the principle that no person is above the law. She wrote in the letter that Congress will not be silent. While a number of Democrats, particularly freshmen, like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Alyssa Presley, and Rashida Tlaib are now calling for impeachment proceedings. Senior Democrats have reiterated that they cannot rule out the possibility, including the terrible House Majority Leader Steny Hoyer, who backed off an earlier dismissal of the idea of impeachment after receiving so much blowback to his comments dismissing it on Thursday morning before, clearly, he bothered to open up and read the book. And today, even Elizabeth Warren says impeachment should now be considered. Over at Salon, our friend Heather Digby-Parton cites just a few of the many instances that demand further investigation by Congress and, yes, action as per their constitutional duty. Uh, She writes, no matter how many times Trump and his minion bar say the words no collusion, no obstruction over and over again, like a couple of malfunctioning robots, the report shows something very different. The Trump campaign clearly colluded. Its officials clearly knew a hostile power was helping them by sabotaging their rival And they never reported it to authorities. Indeed, they welcomed it and eagerly encouraged more of it. Recall that Barr's exoneration on conspiracy included a truncated quote from Mueller's report, uh, citing the investigation did not establish that members of the Trump campaign conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in its election interference activities. But as part notes, the uh, part that he cut out uh, is this and came right before it. Quote, the investigation identified numerous links between the Russian government and the Trump campaign, although the investigation established that the Russian government perceived it would benefit from a Trump presidency and worked to secure that outcome and that the campaign expected it would benefit electorally from information stolen and released through Russian efforts, the investigation did not establish that members of the Trump campaign conspired or coordinated with the Russian government in its election interference activities. That, of course, that last part is the only part that uh, that Barr bothered to quote four weeks ago when uh, Mueller gave him the report initially. As Parton asks, uh, that sounds a little less like exoneration when you see the whole thing, doesn't it? Well, it does. But far clearer still, at least in my estimation, is the clear-cut case 
and repeated cases, I should say, of obstruction of justice by the president as he tried over and over and over again to block and change, undermine the investigation. But due to those damn DOJ guidelines, again, Mueller determined to uh, document the evidence instead and hand it to Congress to take action one way or another, not to Trump's attorney general to falsely declare that the president did not obstruct justice. Mueller's report notes specifically, if we had confidence after a thorough investigation of the facts that the president clearly did not commit obstruction of justice, we would so state. Based on the facts and the applicable legal standards, however, we are unable to reach that judgment, adding explicitly that this report does not exonerate the president. Parton writes that the obstruction section of the report is so contrary to what Barr has said in his letters, testimony and press conference that you have to wonder if he even read it. Contrary to his insistence that Mueller threw up his hands and couldn't make a decision about whether to prosecute, the report says clearly that Mueller saw this as a question for the Congress under its constitutional authority because of the DOJ's reasonable, in his view, policy that a sitting president cannot be indicted. In other words, this report is Mueller's version of the impeachment roadmap that Nixon Special Prosecutor Leon Jaworski provided to Congress in the Watergate investigation, says Heather. It lays out a devastating case of abuse of power and obstruction of justice, the worst of it only thwarted because Trump's minions refused to carry out his orders. Joining us now is Heather Digby Parton, the much-beloved, at least by me, longtime blogger known simply as Digby. She is the proprietor of the long-running Hullabaloo blog and a regular contributor at Salon.com and the Hillman Prize for Opinion and Ana Analysis Journalism winner. And uh, Heather, boy, oh boy... Lot to talk about this week for some reason, eh? Welcome back to the broadcast. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Brad. I don't know what you're talking about. What did something happen? Yeah, there was some news. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I know you've had uh, power outages out there in yeah. Santa Monica. You haven't been able to uh, keep up. Anyway, uh, you know what? There's a lot of advantages to living out here on the West Coast, as you and I both do. But waking up at dawn for congressional hearings, and in oh. particular, <laughs> Bill Barr's BS press conference, is not really one of them. Uh, so I hope you got some rest since uh, Thursday morning and the 400 pages. I know you've been plowing through ever since. Last time you were on, Heather, uh, was just, I think it was the day that Barr released his four-page mm -hmm. cover story when Mueller gave him his report. And now here we are a month later and have finally been allowed to see at least a redacted version of that two-year effort. So first, your top line, what is your big takeaway from what we have learned now over the past 24 hours? Well, I mean, I think it's it's what you just, just said in your intro. I mean, it's obvious to me mm -hmm. that Mueller wrote an impeachment roadmap for the for the Congress. Mm -hmm. And and it's interesting because that impeachment roadmap that mm -hmm. we talk about that Leon Jaworski gave to the Congress, whatever, we didn't know that thing existed until a few months ago. Mm -hmm. That was a secret document at that time that was given to the Congress, uh, you know, with the permission of the judge and the grand jury. Mm -hmm to tell them what they had found so that they could conduct a, a an impeachment inquiry, impeachment hearings. Um, but 
it was revealed through a Freedom of Information Act by a couple of lawyers who, who pulled that thing out, and it was published during this whole, you know, investigation that that the Mueller investigation. Is it, is it true? Is it true that we didn't even know it existed? I know we no. hadn't seen it, but we didn't even know that that material had been turned over to Congress and kept uh, secure and secret for all of those years. I think people. There were people who knew about it, but it was not part of the you know the mm-hmm. normal public lore mm-hmm. of of Watergate. Gotcha. And when that thing came out it, a few months ago, I was startled to read it. I know, and I've you know I'm no I'm no scholar, but I've <laughs> done a fair amount of research and uh, reading mm-hmm. on Watergate, and and it that what it said was what was so interesting, and what they did was do exactly what Mueller did in the is particularly in the obstruction section. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, in the, in the conspiracy section as well, knowing that they were limited by the fact that the DOJ was not going to charge the president. That was true in Watergate as well. Mm-hmm. They had an opinion that said that, that they were working off of. So what they did was simply lay out the case and just put all as much detail into it as they could. You know, and in that case, they actually put grand jury information in there because they had permission from the judge to do that, something which William Barr, unsurprisingly, has refused to do so far. Mm-hmm. And there is going to be a battle over that because it's, Barr is not, does not have the law on his side on this. But, you know, they, that is what, when I read the, the sort of top line of the report, and, mm-hmm. then, you know, I did manage to plow through, you know, I think most of it and, and the, the, to the extent that I could understand it. But it's right. pretty good. It's a pretty easily red narrative it is you really want to see if it's this story and it lays out the the campaign the trump campaign and the first year and a half at least of the trump administration and what has been going on around all this russia stuff and it's really interesting and really well done and when i read it that's exactly what i saw was a was that roadmap roadmap. for impeachment and i do believe that that is what Mueller understood that he had to do in this case that it was the only way for this man and his campaign to have any accountability, and it's int- he knew otherwise it wouldn't happen. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Uh, he you know he explains why he doesn't make the traditional prosecutorial decision, essentially because you can't indict a sitting president uh, according to guidelines. Maybe we'll talk about that in a second because that's nuts in my opinion. But yeah. but he says uh, that specifically that he wanted to get because of that he wanted to gather evidence while memories were still fresh while the mm-hmm. evidence you know was still there namely for either prosecutors to begin to bring charges after Trump right. leaves office or uh, so that you know they would have the evidence uh, the contemporaneous evidence or for Congress to consider impeachment now so let me hit the first of those two points then Heather can you even fathom prosecutors bringing these charges against an ex-president after he's out of office in uh, two years or gasp six years, because frankly, I can't. I can't see a prosecutor saying, OK, now Donald Trump is out. Now we can bring those charges. I don't see that as a uh, realistic option in truth. Do you? Well, I th- I certainly think it's it's unlikely. It's unprecedented, right? We've never seen anything yeah. like that happen. Although it did happen with with Spiro Agnew, they went through that, and he sort of did a settlement. And they, I think with that whole thing, um, but it was his, part his that was part of moving him out of office. Right. We won't prosecute you if you yeah. leave, right? 
But, yeah, I mean, you know, I, it's unprecedented, so we don't really have anything to go on. I don't know what they know, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I still think that there is a mountain of stuff out there. It, you know, Mueller didn't get into any of the financial dealings, the money laundering, mm-hmm. all that stuff, and I think that's part of – there are 14 ongoing investigations that are mentioned right. in the report that we don't know about because they're ongoing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, some we know. We know Roger Stone, and, you know, there's the Cohen investigation still going on. There's the inauguration there are some that we know, but there's also some things that we don't know. So I don't know what's out there, and I don't think anybody does, so who knows. In fact, that would, that came to mind as I was reading that passage that you mentioned, which I thought was pretty startling. Yep. I didn't expect to see that in there. Well, you know, kind of a reminder, hey, you know, he can be prosecuted after office, and here's all the, he mm-hmm. cites all the criminal, you know, sort of laws that are that are in, in question. Yep. Uh, and it occurred to me when I read that, that he was saying something there, that perhaps he's saying, look, there's some stuff here that's, you know, really, that's going to be... It's going to be very salient uh, afterwards. And if I might just mention, too, just on a purely political level, I am not going to feel sorry for Donald Trump if he gets charged out of office, because this is the guy whose people have been screaming, lock her up at every rally <laughs> since right. 2015. I mean, excuse me, but these are people, not people who deserve any sort of, well, you can't go after political rivals, or you can't, it, it, you know, I mean, give me a break. It, so, will, it will be interesting to see yeah. if any of the uh, Democratic uh, presidential campaigns, if we start hearing chants of lock him up, lock I him up. I wouldn't be surprised, and that's <laughs> going to be very interesting to see how they handle it, because, it, you know, I mean, look, I, you know, <laughs> I feel totally hypocritical, but, you know, I'd kind of like to see the guy on Well, uh, listen, no, I don't feel uh, hypocritical. There are actual crimes here. There was not actual crimes in what they were talking about locking Hillary Clinton up for. I was, by the way, I was fine with investigating. Investigate all you want. I'm never against investigation of anything, no matter how crazy a conspiracy theory it might be. Investigate. If you got the evidence... Show it to us. That's fine. But here we've had an investigation and there's a hell of a lot of evidence of of crime. If anything here, I think, uh, Heather, Mueller was too fair. He let him off the hook on on uh, on bringing charges or even, you know, sealed indictments to be opened after he was out of office. As, as uh, Mueller notes, because uh, the president would not have the traditional way to defend himself All right. the way uh, someone who's indicted can go to court and defend themselves. Now, in his case, Trump is the president. I think he could defend himself. He's got a bully platform. But uh, Mueller was incredibly fair in that regard. And shouldn't he have known that in being that fair that guys like Donald Trump and Bill Barr were going to come out and basically lie about what Mueller found and didn't find? I have to assume he knew that. I, you know, I have to assume he knew that. I, I, I haven't gotten the sense in any of this, just mm-hmm. judging from the, the way that, that Mueller's handled the investigation, which regardless of how you feel about the outcome or the conclusion or whether or not he did the right thing, the the process that he underwent. I mean, I've never seen an uh, an investigation done with such, you know, integrity. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did no leaking, none of the. I mean, remember the Star oh, investigation? Yeah. It's unbelievable. Right. You know, I mean, it was so <laughs> so outrageous. It, they never tried to leverage the press or, or any kind of public opinion. They really let the the thing speak for itself. So I, I give them credit for that. But I agree with you that, you know, Mueller went, you know, he bent over backwards, to be fair. He didn't charge Don Jr. Yes. And it's, it's, it's a lot of people looking at that say, hey, you know, there was ample 
evidence there to charge him. Yeah. I, and I suspect that w- the reason that he didn't do it was, and this is where Mueller was political, I think, was that he understood that if, 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 he, if he indicted the president's son, first of all, Trump would pardon him instantly. I don't think there's any chance that that wouldn't have happened, and I think that, every, that his, you know, his 40% would have just had a complete screaming hissy fit had that oh, happened. Oh, boo-hoo. That yeah, would have been so I know, sad. But I, think he, I think what he wanted, I think he was looking for, trying to ensure that people kept their eyes on the prize. I mean, maybe I'm giving him too much credit. Well, listen, but I, I appreciate that. I, I and, and I understand that thinking, and I don't think you're necessarily giving him too much credit there, but in uh, sort of explaining that Don Jr., you know, that he was not uh, charged, it seems, because... Uh, He's too stupid to know what he was He was too doing. stupid, I mean, right. That's but, pretty obvious. But we talked about it a little bit yesterday on the show. Ignorance of the law is, you know, I was taught in grade school, <laughs> right, is, is no excuse for violating it. And even if you use that excuse here, do, aren't we similarly handing to Donald Trump? Well, he was also a first-time politician. He had no idea. He didn't know that you couldn't pay a woman to shut up about a sexual affair you had with them. Uh, you know, can't, That's right. can't uh, Trump Sr. now use that very same uh, He has claim? used it. They have used it. I've already heard Giuliani say it. You mm-hmm. know, this is not a real crime. Come on, it's campaign finance. It's, he was trying to protect his marriage or whatever. You know, he didn't know that was illegal, and I'm sure... And, of course, that's been used in other cases as well. I mean, it kind of just, you know, rips the guts out of the campaign finance laws, saying, well, you know, you just plead ignorance and yeah, say you didn't, didn't know. know. And there are no other, there aren't any crimes in, in the books that, that you can do that with. <laughs> you know, it's really right. your responsibility. And particularly, you'd think, come on, this is a presidential campaign, for crying out loud. You know, these aren't guys running for this, you know, the student council or the right. city council. I mean, this is, you expect a certain level of professional. And I grant you, I know we know that they didn't have that in the Trump campaign. That's no excuse. It's I mean, they had lawyers. And by the way, you want to know who the, lawyer, the election lawyer was that they had? That on their campaign that they could have actually checked with. Right. Trump could have and Don Jr. could have. His name was Don McGahn. Right. The new hero of the of the story here, right. the guy who kept Trump from firing Mueller and all that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not like they didn't have somebody available. McGahn was on that campaign very, very early on. And all they ha- all he had to do was tell Trump, look, before you do anything that has to do with money or anything like that, you need to run it by me because there are a bunch of laws here that you need to understand. Oh, yeah, like he would have done that. maybe he said that, but maybe he said that, I don't know. But yeah. the fact is is that there is no excuse. They had a campaign finance lawyer, one of the, the experts in the Republican Party. That was McGahn. He was on the on the FEC. Right, and, and, and uh, Michael Cohen isn't getting off the hook no. because he's an attorney, and I guess he was uh, certainly supposed to know better. He's going to jail for his part uh, in that con- campaign finance conspiracy felony that Donald Trump Trump directed. And, and let me, uh, I want to hit a few other points here, uh, Heather. Aside from impeachment, I mentioned this earlier, aside from impeachment in Congress, how about some hearings on just this absurd DOJ guideline that you can't indict a sitting president? It seems ridiculous and unconstitutional as I see it. And I think we now see how it handicaps any real investigation uh, or at least accountability of a sitting president. I mean, it seems absurd on its face. If if Donald Trump shot someone, you know, in, on camera, would the DOJ say, oh, sorry, we can't indict a sitting president? I mean, it seems absurd. 
It does. And it, and what it did was, in fact, when you look at the Mueller report and his discussion of why he, you know, couldn't exonerate but didn't charge in the obstruction case, which he quite clearly believes, mm-hmm. I mean, to me, it's obvious that he believes the president, you know, the president committed multiple criminal acts mm-hmm. as president. I mean, that's pretty shocking stuff. Yeah. And he believes that. But because of that rule... And it's just a policy. It's not a law. It's not right. a statute. I mean, it's not a constitutional issue. I mean, at least it hasn't been deemed so. It's just a DOJ policy. And, and it, it, it has to be looked at because it really, it literally hamstrung mm-hmm. any kind of accountability. It's going to be very difficult, particularly in this polarized political environment, because as we can see, the Democrats, and, you know, I think you and I are on the same page about impeachment. You know, I, I, I think that if we care about the Constitution mm-hmm. and we care about the democracy, you just can't let this kind of stuff go. Even if they can't get the Republicans to convict, right. I think that they have to do it anyway, yep. and I think it's the right thing to do. They have to lay out the case, and if they lay out the narrative, and most Americans are not going to read that report like I just did. They're just going to hear snippets of it and back and forth and some of the news reports, etc. But if, you, they put, if they go and do impeachment hearings in which they establish this narrative out there for all Americans to see and hear it in their own words, from Robert Mueller to Don McGahn to Hope Hicks to mm-hmm. every one of them, and hear what they have to say to describe what happened, I think that is, it's important for the record, it's important for the voters to have that as they go to, to the voting booth, whether Trump is convicted or not. And it's, it's imperative that they just do the right thing here, because this idea of impunity for these, you know, for powerful people like Donald Trump, I mean, we went through this back in the, in, after the financial crisis, remember, where, you know, the administration, this was Obama saying, well, we don't want to look in the rearview yeah. mirror and blah, blah, blah. You know, this happens over and over again. And, and it has started with Nixon, you know, then Reagan and, and Ron Contra, you know, all the stuff with, with George Bush and, and, and... And Bill Barr it, at the time, don't, don't forget, Bill Barr, Bill Barr time, was right? the one who got he's him off the of hook. A, he's kind of a professional at that particular yes. job. You can see why he was hired. Yeah. He knows how to do it. Yep. And, you know, this just has been going on and on. And, and it's not just in politics, but here you have the most obvious example of someone who is corrupt, unfit, you know, absolutely dishonest. It's all laid out there. And everybody's kind of shrugging their shoulders saying, gee, there's not much we can do. And sort of leaving it up to the people. Well, that's fine. And presumably, uh, hopefully, the people will respond and do the right thing. But the Congress has a constitutional duty to take this up, and in a way that makes it clear that this is, a, you know, this is a, what Trump has done, has committed a crime against the country, against the Constitution, that yes. he is not, you know, fulfilling his oath to take care that the laws are faithfully executed. And, and if they don't do it, I think it's a really, it's just, it's just going to build this cynicism. So, it, you know, it, it, they, it, and, and as far as changing the law, as you, as you point out, on, or changing the policy, they have to do it because, you know, we're at a point where we've got this polarized, you know, there will never be an impeachment. If it's just, you know, right. well, the Republicans won't convict him, so what are you going to do? Yeah. Well, if, you know, that if you means don't, if impeachment you, no longer exists. It's right. Not it, it, if you don't impeach this guy, uh, I don't know who the hell you ever would exactly. impeach. So you can't impeach him, and uh, as, as some would say, and you can't indict him, as the DOJ seems to say. Now, I think uh, hearings on can a sitting president be indicted constitutionally, I think the answer would be very clear that, it, uh, that they can be. 
and the fact that there was no we would not have a Donald Trump today, I would argue, if George W. Bush had been impeached. And I would argue that he should have been impeached. And by the way, it's not necessarily a Republican or Democratic thing in the in the sense that, you know, there were people calling for Barack Obama to be impeached for targeting a U.S. citizen for murder yep. with a drone and fine by me. I would have uh, welcomed such an impeachment uh, proceeding. We would have you know, seen how that came out. And I suspect Obama probably would have ended up winning that one. But I think the idea that, no, you can't just target an American citizen uh, extrajudicially uh, for death, I think that would have been an important precedent to set. So when we ignore the very mechanisms that we have, it's little wonder that we find ourselves in the mess we find ourselves exactly. in on every front here. Heather, uh, have you heard much response since the report has come out? And, 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 you know, because the Democrats are saying, well, maybe impeachment is, is appropriate, but we could never, you know, win conviction in the Senate. I don't know if that's true or not, and I don't care if it's true or not, but have you heard much response from Republican senators since <laughs> this report came out? I have not heard much at all. I mean, I, I saw a couple, I think Mitt Romney said something. I think Margot Rubio put out a Bible verse, very obscure, something that people are sort of reading into it, that he was saying something, nobody knows quite what it was. No, they're being very, they're keeping a very low profile, let's just put it that way. And, you know, I don't expect the, the Republicans in the Congress to, to care. I really don't. I mean, I never did. And, uh, in fact, one of the, the, the reasons why Democrats, you know, just this is pure crass political, you know, sort of strategy, the, the Republicans are planning to do a full-on revenge retribution counter-narrative here, mm -hmm. where they're going to now go after, and they've got Bill Barr on their side, to go after the investigators, right? They want to do the investigators, the investigation of the investigators, yeah, and what? they're going to go after Hillary sure. Clinton, and they're going to do all this stuff. Whatever. So, <laughs> yeah, I know, and it's fine, you know, they can do that, but yeah. the fact is, is that Democrats probably would be wise to not let them have the stage to themselves. Well, exactly. That and that's you what know. and that's what I'm saying. You know what? If the if the Republican senators I mean if if they do vote in the House for impeachment if it goes to the Senate and if the senators, the Republican senators want to go on record yes. saying no, we believe it's fine to obstruct justice. We believe it's fine to lie to the American people, which by the way I think was one of the charges against Nixon was uh, uh -huh. lying to the public. Public. We believe all of these things are fine. Good. Let them make that case because then maybe we'll avoid phony uh, impeachments like we saw against Bill Clinton. I mean, just this idea that people are afraid of where things go if they tell the truth and if they follow the Constitution. That's how we get into this mess. So exactly. Get them and, on you the know, and the thing is, I think that it's a politically smart thing to do. If you want to go into the next election, you know, the candidates are going to be out there talking about health care. They're going to be talking about, you know, free college and, you know, all this other stuff. And they're talking about foreign policy. They're going to be running their campaigns as campaigns. Mm -hmm. That does not mean that the Congress, particularly the House, but the Democrats in the Senate as well, they have a job to do, and they're not going to pass any laws during this period. We have Donald Trump in the White House. Right. So the main thing that they could be doing yep. is making this other case so that when the, when the public goes to vote, 
they'll know what the candidate, whoever it is, and the rest of the people running are, are running on as far as their vision for the future and their Paula's their agenda. But they will also know that, you know, you've got a, a, a party that, you know, first of all, has some courage, cares about the Constitution, believes in the rule of law, you know, all those things which seem to have just gone completely, you mm-hmm. know, exploded in the last yeah. few years. And they will also have this, you know, this laid out of what has happened here. If the Republicans, as you say, refuse to vote for it, they just say absolutely not. You know, Mitch McConnell says we're not even going to take up this impeachment thing in the Senate. Forget it. We're not doing it. Mm-hmm. And a bunch, all the Republicans vote against it. Fine. Yeah. Take that to the people. Let yeah. them see that. I mean, I think you're absolutely right. I don't think, I mean, how does that blow back on them? Oh, the Democrats did the right thing. Well, I'm sure not <laughs> right. voting for them. Right. You know. And they made it more difficult for us to bring impeachment charges next time against one of their candidates. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, how awful. Yeah, it sounds yeah. terrible. And listen, by the way, uh, since this is up to the people, yes, we'll all have a chance to vote a year from November, that seems a long time off, it but is. you can call your member of Congress at 202-224-3121. That's 202-224-3121 and give them your impi- uh, opinion, the opinion of the public, of we the people, of how to proceed in all of this. Heather, I got to get out. I could always, I could talk to you for hours and hours, and I look forward to doing so at our next uh possible opportunity and given the way things are going um it seems like we have a lot of opportunities for that these days well let's let's get together after after Mueller testifies how about that oh yeah going to pretty soon i think so too all right you're on you're booked (laughs) write it down all right heather digby parton check out her article over at salon roadmap for impeachment Mueller's purpose is clear asking will democrats pick up the torch Good question. That's over at Salon.com. I will link over to that. And, of course, you should follow her blog every day, digbysblog.blogspot.com, and harass her on the Twitters at Digby56. Thank you, Heather. Thanks for having me, Brad. Talk you to bet. you later. All right. Quick break, and uh, we'll. Uh, I want to jump on that breaking news story from Elizabeth Warren. That's straight ahead on the Bradcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Hey, this is Brad. Do you enjoy your non-corporatized, commercial-free Bradcast? Yeah, me too. But we need your help to stay that way. Please consider supporting the investigative blogging, broadcasting, and muckraking that we do here on the Bradcast and the Green News Report and bradblog.com with a donation. It's easy. Stop by bradblog.com donate and drop a few dollars in the tip jar. You can make a one-time contribution or an automatic monthly donation of any amount you like. It's easy. It'll take you about 60 seconds, and you'll help me and Desi stay on the air to continue our troublemaking and muckraking without the corporate influence of anyone. Got it? Thanks. Stop by bradblog.com donate to help us out today. Yes, please. Welcome to the back to the Bradcast, Brad Friedman from Bradblog.com. So, yeah, I mentioned um, that uh, breaking news as I was introducing Heather there that Elizabeth Warren has now 
called on uh, Friday on the House to begin impeachment proceedings against Donald Trump. Elizabeth Warren, of course, is one of uh, about 15 Democratic presidential candidates. Uh, She said that her announcement was based on the findings of the special counsel Robert Mueller. She tweeted to ignore a president's repeated effort to obstruct an investigation into his own disloyal behavior would inflict great and lasting damage on this country. And it would suggest that both the current and future presidents would be free to abuse their power in similar ways. The severity of this misconduct demands that elected officials in both parties set aside political considerations and do their constitutional duty. That means, she wrote, the House should initiate impeachment proceedings against the president of the United States. She's right. Before uh, that statement from Warren, another 2020 candidate, Senator Amy Klobuchar of Minnesota, a member of the Senate Judiciary Committee, told reporters that I think you've seen all the senators very cautious about taking this, about talking about this, because we would be the jury if there was any kind of action brought over from the House And that the key thing was to have special counsel Robert Mueller testify before the Judiciary Committee. A spokesperson for Nancy Pelosi was asked about Warren's call, and the spokesperson said that, uh, as the speaker has said repeatedly, one step at a time. Well, that doesn't sound like off the table to me. She said they're uh, focused on getting the full unredacted version of the report and its underlying documents. Other Democratic presidential candidates said Friday that Trump's conduct, uh, as detailed in the report, made impeachment worth discussing, although Senator Bernie Sanders ignored the question from reporters on the subject at a campaign stop in South Carolina. Pete Buttigieg said that uh, while there's evidence that this president deserves to be impeached, he's not in Congress, so he'll leave that to others to decide. Kamala Harris did not rule it out in an interview on Thursday. She said, I think that there is definitely a conversation to be had on that subject, but I want to hear from Bob Mueller first. So they're all starting to ring in here on this, on the matter of impeachment, which is long overdue. You can ring in as well with your member of Congress by giving them a call, even while they're on Easter recess, 202 224 3121. All right, I must get out. My thanks to Desi Doyen, our producer, to my guest today, Heather Digby Parton of Salon, and to you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's program, download it anytime for free. You're welcome at bradblog.com. While you're there, please consider a donation by stopping by bradblog.com slash donate. Drop me email as well. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. And on the Facebooks and the Twitters, I am the Brad Blog. That's it. Until we meet again soon, I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world. What you say? Hit the road, Jack. And don't you come back. Don't you come back no more. I didn't understand Don't you come back no more. You can't mean that. Don't you come back no more. Oh, now, baby, please. Don't you come back no more. What you trying to do to me?